I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harkin, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Real special show for you here today. Got Jeremy Betts coming up in the first half of the show. No, this is not a new weekly thing. This is just a one-week thing. I've got a guest coming on Friday. It was the only day he could make it. So I asked Jeremy, hey, is there any way you could do it on Wednesday? And I was like, you're going to get to recap the 53-man roster? He's like, yeah, I'm there. So in the first half of this show, we're going to dive into this 53-man roster. Omar Khan is at it again. Holy cow, like this guy is... I don't even know. I I, want to save some of it. I literally could go on a rant for probably 30 minutes about some of the moves and how great he has been as a general manager since he was brought on. But we're going to save it. We're going to save it. In the second half of this show, you know what that is going to look like. It's going to be the mailbag segment, which we always have here on Wednesdays in the second half of the Let's Ride podcast. And then also, I have to remind you, not just to check out SteelCurtainNetwork.com, not to check out FansFirstSports.com, but to make sure you are registered in case you haven't yet, in case you live under a rock and you don't listen to any of our podcasts, you need to make sure you're registered for this contest that's coming up. Look, where we are in the very end of this thing. So September 4th, we are going to draw a winner. No, it can't be me. can't be anyone else from the Steel Curtain Network. We're going to draw a winner. And it's a it's four tickets to your choice of a week one game. Folks, we know you're going to go to the Steelers game, but could you imagine premium tickets? Everyone says, well, you don't need $5,000 to go to the game. No, but if you had $5,000 available to go to the game, think about the seats you could get. Think about the experience you could have with those seats. That's what we're talking about here. And guess what it costs you? Nothing. Here's what you have to do. Go to contest dot fansforsports.com fill out the appropriate information and you're registered it's it's seriously that simple so again go to contest.fansforsports.com enter for your chance to win four premium tickets to i guess it could be any week one game of your choice i, I guess sometimes i forget that a lot of fans don't live in the very in, in the area of pittsburgh and so maybe they would go to a different week one game. Maybe they would want to go to another game. Uh, you know, it just put your name in the hat. It's a cool experience. All we ask is, I think, is an email address. So that's it. So I got to do is give us your email. You'll be set up. Maybe you'll win it. I hope a Steeler fan wins it because if you do, I want to have you on my Let's Ride podcast to talk about the experience, and it should be a lot of fun. Okay, so here's what's happening today. Jeremy Jerome Betts is coming up right after a short word from our sponsors. And stay tuned to the second half where you got the mailbag segment. We'll be right back after this break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Steeler fans, uh, you don't have to check your calendars. You don't have to check your cell phones or your vehicle device, whatever it is. It's not Friday. I wish it was Friday, but it's <laughs> Wednesday, and it's a special ep- episode of the All Bets Are Off segment. Jeremy Jerome Betts joins us. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? It's going good, man. we got a lot to talk about. Let's get yes, into it. Yes, we do. We didn't have the chance to talk last week because the Steelers played on Thursday night. We'll get to that. But, man, everyone's talking about the news of the 53-man roster breakdown. But I want to get your opinion about one thing and one thing only. It's exactly what the te- the hi- headline, the title of this podcast is all about. It's Omar Khan. Yeah. Omar Khan does it again. And I think in, in two ways. Obviously, both trades. Kevin Dotson to the LA Rams. I want to get your thoughts on that first. Let's talk about the Kevin Dotson exchange. What were your thoughts when you heard it? Were you surprised, indifferent, excited? What What, what were your reactions? Completely surprised. Uh, I just didn't think Green would garner really any trade value. I thought not maybe Green, d- not Green Dotson. Oh, I'm sorry. I said I'm I sorry. said Green. If I said Green, I, sadly I've got Kendrick Green on the brain. <laughs> I meant uh, to say Kevin Dotson. If I made a mistake, okay. my apologies. Let's start with Ke- Kevin Dotson going to the Rams first. Yeah. So Kevin Dotson. It was a surprise to me, absolutely, that he gets traded. I thought the Steelers would keep him on as, you know, backup guard depth for the team and, um, you know, felt that he had done well this this offseason. And that's not to say that the Steelers didn't think so as well, but um, the given the fact that they have a decent amount of depth along the interior of the offensive line, it made sense to go out and, and get something for a guy that, probably is the is the second depth piece behind Nate Herbig uh, along the the guard track there so whatever the Steelers had planned for him they felt the value was better to go out and get uh the trade and so doing that definitely was a surprise but I can't say that I'm I'm upset by it I I love the fact that you get value you get two picks bumped up around uh one this coming off season and then won the following. So I like it. I think Omar Khan's working some more magic for a guy that the Steelers had high hopes for didn't quite pan out. So you get what you can for. You follow the national football league way closer than I do from a league wide perspective. Now I'm following a lot closer now with my current role with fans first, but you do always do. Yeah. Are the Rams going to suck? Is this fourth round pick that the Steelers have in 2023? Could it potentially be, Maybe not a Chase Claypool with sure. the Chicago Bears trade thing, but could could this be a decent fourth round pick in terms of draft slot? Yeah, I, I would almost I would almost book it that it's gonna be a top ten fourth round pick. Really? They're gonna yeah. be that bad? I think so, especially when you took when you take into consideration I mean, they've they've got the Cardinals in their division, so there's a couple wins there probably. Yep. Um, but outside of that, the NFC, uh, a lot of the middling teams 
are better than the Rams. I think there's just the, the Rams had 14 rookies on the roster uh, going into their 90 man time uh, yeah. throughout training camp. All 14 made the roster. Wow. That doesn't happen. And that just, that goes to show you that their roster is in trouble uh, in my opinion. So I think that it's going to be a, a top 10 could be a top five uh, fourth round pick potentially in 2024. Then, man, we'll talk about Khan in a second. So then the con artist works his magic again. It was funny. We're all waiting for the 53-man roster to be released. Some teams are doing it earlier than others. I know the Browns did it around 2 p.m. when the 4 p.m. Yep. is 4 p.m. is a deadline. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm communicating with Dave Schofield like I do every day. I said, hey, I've got to run to Lowe's real quick. Okay, he said, okay, I'll be around. Don't worry. Next thing you know, my phone starts buzzing. I have a, I'm getting a tool, and I'm like, oh, my yeah. gosh. They traded Kendrick. Someone wanted yeah. Kendrick Green. Are you right? serious? <laughs> Tell me what your reaction was to that. Because mine was, yeah. I'm stunned. I'm standing in the aisle of Lowe's saying, this isn't real. Like, th- this is just someone. Is, is it April 1st? Like, that's what I thought right. originally. Yeah. What did you think? Well, first off, I got to tell you this. I was at Lowe's, too, during this whole scenario. <laughs> different uh, Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, definitely a different Lowe's um, here in North Carolina. But I was there as well when this went down. I was like, oh, my gosh, what just happened to Omar Khan? What are you doing, man? How 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 are you pulling this off? Yeah. Did you call the Texans and say, yo, this kid's good. And if, if he doesn't work <laughs> out, he can at least play fullback for you. No, I, <laughs> Maybe that's the, what it is. the Texans have some injury issues, so I could see low priced guard option. That's probably the position that they would put him at, at guard. And um, based on what the Houston wants to do, as far as running the ball, it, it's more of a, it's more of a true outside zone, outside zone running game. And uh, con- conceptually. So, he kind of fits that a little bit more. He can get out in space, move a little bit more. It's not quite one-on-one head up on another dude and you got to beat him all the time. There's a lot of double teams. There's a lot of help in that regard. So uh, the fit could be a little bit better for him there in Houston than it was in Pittsburgh. I think the reason the Steelers drafted him obviously was to be their center and be like an athletic center that can get out in space like Marquise Pouncey. That doesn't work. And when you put him at guard in what the Steelers like to do, where they mix in some power into their, their run concepts, it, it doesn't work very well. So Houston probably gets a little more value out of him as a player. And therefore they're willing to, to deal for him with the injuries that they have. So good on Omar Khan again, getting value for a player that that wasn't going to make this roster. Let's be honest. Well, let's talk about Omar Khan for a second, because, you know, I did the breaking news podcast with Dave Schofield yesterday he talked about it at length with his brother on the Scobro show. And we'll get to the 53. Don't don't get me wrong. But Omar Khan, like, my yeah. goodness gracious, since this guy has taken over, and we're talking about post-2022 NFL draft, he has been making moves. And you talk about bringing in Larry Ogunjobi, the Chase Claypool trade. Yeah. You're talking about the acquisitions he made. And Andy Weidel is a big part of this. I think Omar Khan would be the first person to say, I have to give credit to those that are also in the front office that are giving me some guidance, some assistance, helping out. That's Sheldon White, that's Ike Taylor, that's Merrill Hodge, all the scouts, you name it. So I just can't get over like the fact that he's pulling off these deals and whether they pan out into the fourth round pick that they get from LA being a top 10 pick of that round. And regardless, like you just moved up in the draft, you know, and you think about last year, the last year's draft. They, they were just, they, they were scarce. They didn't have a lot of picks. They're gaining more right. picks. 
what can you say about Omar Khan in this first full calendar year of him being the general manager? It's been beyond impressive. And I think based on expectations, you thought he's going to come in and just be Kevin Colbert 2.0, really, with a little bit more of a knack of uh, for contract building. <laughs> that was at least my thought process going into it. And I was okay with that. I, I thought Kevin Colbert has done a very good job in Pittsburgh. And he's had his misses like everybody has. And he was maybe a little less aggressive than I would would hope for in a GM. Omar Khan comes in and just changes the ball game. And I really love it that the Steelers kind of handed in the reins and said, you be you. We don't care if you're Kevin Colbert 2.0. We want you to be you. And he came in and did that. Is this the question that we'll have probably for maybe the rest of this year going into next year? Is this the Omar Khan that we're always going to have? Or is this the Steelers see an opening in their roster building with Kenny Pickett on a rookie contract? Are, are they going for broke these next couple years? Or is this the way it's going to be for the, the duration of his career as the Steelers GM? That's going to be the question moving forward that we'll have to see answered. But for now, this guy is as aggressive as it comes, and he's landing big shots and and making it work so i'm very excited about it yeah yeah i see where you're talking about the aggressive nature of things he played the draft board to perfection this last year we all talked about that ad nauseum since the draft uh, the one thing i can't stop getting through my head is that you know you talk about is he going for broke are they, are they trying to go like all in and in, in this window of time with kenny pickett as in a rookie contract and i understand all that and i buy into that but I don't necessarily buy into the fact that Ocon might be doing that based on the fact that, like, look at these two trades. He's mm. gaining picks. He's yeah. trading away current talent. Well, if you want to call Kendrick Green that, but still, <laughs> he's trading away current players yeah. who were starters two years ago on the offensive line for mm -hmm. future draft capital. That tells me that, yes, he is in a win-now mode, but he's also in a I'm-not-going-to-wait-around-for-you mode and that's what i love yes kevin colbert was a guy that was loyal to a fault at times yes and it, that's my draft pick like i can't part ways with that third round pick omar khan says you're not my pick man i got a six round offer good luck in houston we'll see you in week uh whatever week the houston texans come to pittsburgh or the pittsburgh i think they go to houston but still i love what omar khan's doing it's like a breath of fresh air and i will be the first to own it and not many people do i'll be the first to own it that I was very critical and skeptical when Omar Khan was hired. Yeah. I thought, no, oh, here we go again. Another internal hire. Yeah. It's going to be the same old song and dance. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, wrong from the get-go. Happily and, wrong. <laughs> yes, absolutely happily yes. wrong. And, you know, you listen to Khan in the press conference. He's like, oh, I've always wanted to be a GM as a kid. Who wants to be a GM as a kid? I yeah. don't want to be a GM as a kid. I want to be a freaking player on the field. Exactly. Maybe people were built different. He's built different mentally. But still, let's talk about the decisions that were made to get down to 53. Now, at the time that this is being recorded, the Steelers still have two punters <laughs> on their roster. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. The yeah, trains might not be hear, over. <laughs> yeah, I know. By the time yeah. that people hear this, maybe they catch it on the ride home from work on Wednesday, or maybe they don't catch it in the morning. But that might not be the case. But as of this yeah. being recorded, they do have two punters. What do you foresee happening with that situation? Well, I think Omar Khan probably thought he had a deal about to go down, uh, is my thought, or in the works. And I don't know, though. It's just like, what's up with the kicker and punter trades this offseason? I've never seen it 
going up, going down like this in the specialist department. So it's very interesting. I didn't think necessarily that Braden Mann had a a camp to remember as far as getting out there and and putting it out there that he's a guy that you know it's an either or, and we're going to trade one of these guys because he's just too good to to pass up for another team, but. There's there's teams out there. Um, it was mentioned on t- on X that uh, the Eagles do not currently have a punter on the roster. So maybe Andy really? Weidel going back to Philadelphia and uh, making a deal there. We'll see. But uh, along with that, it was very interesting to me that you make that decision and you cut a guy like like um oh man I'm blanking on the tight end Zach name. Gentry uh, Zach Gentry yeah and or Braden Fajoko right like you cut one of those guys and you keep the punter, that to me means the deal you think you're getting is good enough to risk losing one or both of those players, not getting them on the practice squad. Um, Gentry could also come back uh, on a on a deal potentially uh, if he if he clears you know the waiver process or anything like that. I actually don't know if he's subjected to waivers. The Steelers could probably just re-sign him to the practice squad right away if they wanted to based on his uh, – contract situation but still you uh, it was definitely surprising to me especially with how involved he has been in the Steelers locker room and the Steelers media it was definitely a surprise I wasn't so surprised about Fahoko although I would like to see him potentially come back and maybe make this team's practice squad yeah I we all kind of assume like there's gonna be a trade to be made I think it was Mark Cavalli who said it on Twitter slash x that that might be the Twix. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Um, he's the one that said maybe this is their way of trying to get the punter onto the practice squad. Yeah. Hold on to him. You might have someone, maybe it's a Zach Gentry that you say, Hey, don't go anywhere. Don't sign anywhere. We're going to bring you back. You just got to wait a few days. Like that has absolutely happened before. Yeah. So I think it's one of those situations where well, we know something's going to happen. There is no way they're going to carry two punters on the yeah. roster very long. So like I said on the Breaking News podcast, I'll say it here as well. Make sure you stay tuned to SteelCurtainNetwork.com and our podcast platform for all the greatest and the latest regarding the Steelers. Now, other than that, just real quick thoughts. Any other surprises on the 53-man roster from you? Well, before I get into that, I do want to say I'm pretty ecstatic about Braden Mann still being on the roster because I went to training camp and I got one autograph. (laughs) And it was Braden Mann who signed my hat. Stick around, baby. This is oh my gosh, that's that guy. Wait, I'm a fan for life. (laughs) You're standing there with the hat there, and then the backup punter comes by. Like, hey man, I'm good. Don't they? I almost hit it. I almost did. (laughs) Almost hit it, and then I realized there aren't many players coming back this way. So you know what? (laughs) I actually had bought a hat right at at uh, training camp to get signed, and I was wearing an older one. I hid the one I bought to get signed, and I held out the older one and he signed that one. So I did kind of, you know, get that, get that. Hopefully for your sake, he sticks around for a few more days. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be, it'd be fun. Um, (laughs) As far as surprises go, there weren't really any one guy that I really was hoping could make this roster that didn't was uh, the safety Trenton Thompson. I really liked what I saw out of him uh, throughout training camp and, and the preseason dudes, a missile in the back end plays like a throwback at safety and kind of has he's one of the the few true strong safeties that the Steelers actually had on the roster so um I'm hoping that they bring him back on the the practice squad that would be great um uh, other than that you know Quincy Roche 
it, too many guys in the, in yeah. that position. He, he just was an odd man out. I think you could say the same for uh, David Perales and uh, guys like Zazavian uh, Valade, the running back who had some pop moments in in training camp and preseason after he was acquired, but just you know so many bones and and not enough dogs or not enough bones and too many dogs. There you go. You got it. There you go. (laughs) Um, So I wasn't super surprised outside of the, the Zach Gentry Uh, at, I'll say this when I, when the off season came around, I thought potentially after the draft specifically, when they drafted Darnell Washington, that Gentry was a likely cut candidate. That was kind of my thought process going into it throughout training camp and the preseason. My, mindset completely flipped and i thought he was basically a roster rock or a roster lock uh and that not happening is is a bit of a shocker to me at this point but kind of goes with my suspicion from before that you bring in darnell washington and and that's your that's your upgrade on zach gentry overall in every area he's a better blocker he's a better pass catcher and then you've got your your specialist guy in in uh connor hayward that kind of backs that up but i still wouldn't be surprised if zach gentry ends up on the 53 at some point here in the next few days. Good stuff as always, Jeremy. Why don't you let everyone know what's coming up? I mean, we just had an episode of the Steelers Fix, but you've got some stuff going on at Fans First Sports Network and for the Steel Curtain Network, what's coming on? What's cooking? Yeah, so uh, Steel Curtain Network, the Sunday night Q&A, I'm sure we'll be talking lead up to the regular season. And then do not miss the Steelers Fix this week. It is Andrew and I did this last year and we had a lot of good response from it on Twitter and also through um, the several different feeds, but um, it we're doing our big prediction show. We're talking all NFL. We're going to go everything from division winners to wildcard teams to Super Bowl winners to, um, to award winners. So we're going to, we're going to discuss it nice. all and it's going to be a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun last year. We chopped it up. We had our disagreements. It was great. So Definitely tune in to the Steelers Fix this next Tuesday for that. And then uh, I'm working on power rankings for all 32 NFL teams on fansforsports.com. Check that out and see where everybody stacks up heading into the regular season. I love it. I love it. Jeremy, as always, thanks. Next week, we'll be back on Friday previewing a real regular season game. I'm excited. Let's go. Let's go, man. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one. See you. Jeremy Jerome Betts for taking the time just really every week. Uh, he wasn't on last week because of the game on Thursday and trying to make it right. So it was relevant. It just didn't work out, but he's going to be there all the time. Every single week we're getting ready for the regular season. It should be a lot of fun. Let's dive headfirst into the mailbag segment. In case you're just listening, I sometimes forget that there might be people out there that are just tuning into let's ride for the very first time that haven't been with us the last four or three seasons. This is our fourth season. They haven't been with us the last three seasons, so they might not know about how to get their question answered on the mailbag segment. So what you have to do, every Tuesday, I was late. I was friggin' late on Tuesday. Uh, Follow me or find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I put out the tweet. All you do is ask the question in response to that tweet, and I answer it live. So let's get this started with Corey Eckenroth. Okay, Jeff. 
Everyone in the national media is starting to hop on board the bandwagon. Would you want to go back to no one knowing how potent this team is, or do you want to drive that thing full speed now that we're seeing the, as he puts, potential of what this team could be? So honestly, Corey, I'm I'm going to quote Mike Tomlin. So Mike Tomlin was on the Rich Eisen show. I believe that was Monday. And I listened to a bunch of different segments and Rich Eisen kind of asked him, he said, do you ever drum this up? Do you ever say like, no one's given us, no, no one respects you? Or do you ever give that speech to your team? And Mike Tomlin, very honest, said, no, I don't. And it's because I don't care. And they know that I don't care. And if they know I don't care, I can't ever say that because they know that goes against everything that I believe. And I was like, what a great, what a great explanation from Tomlin on how to answer that question. I honestly, I don't care about what the national media says. I have said, and I've been saying this, the P word potential surrounding this 2023 Steelers team for a very long time. I'm not changing my tune. I'm not shocked by anything. They want to jump on board. Hey, come on board now. That's what I'll say. Come on board now, because once this train gets a rolling, well, as Mike Tomlin says, it's tough to get on a moving train. Let's go to Brian Haynes. He has several. With the two linemen being traded, he's talking about Kendrick Green, and he's talking about Kevin Dotson. Does Anderson become the backup center, or are we securing the, or scouring the waiver wire? It's a good question. I Remember, Nate Herbig and even Isaac Samalo have both had experience snapping the ball. Not that you want them as a long-term answer. I think they're scouring the waiver wire, if I'm being honest. Next from Brian. With the moves so far since his hiring, is Khan already in the Hall of Fame? LOL. So he's joking. Man, I've been impressed with Omar Khan. I, if you didn't figure that out in the first half, I don't know what you're listening to. Super impressed with how Omar Khan has handled his business so far. Next from Brian. What move this offseason is, is, in your opinion, the best? How about the worst? Uh, the best move this offseason? I'm going to say let's let's eliminate the draft, okay? Let's eliminate the draft, although I could say that the best move was the way that they manipulated the draft. But I'm going to say in free agency... This is tough based on we haven't seen it yet. So I want to say someone like Patrick Peterson or maybe a Landon Roberts or maybe even Quan Alexander or Cole Holcomb. Uh, you could even throw in some other names on the list as well. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that my favorite is Isaac Sayamalo. I think that the, what he brings to that offensive line is just what they need. And that's kind of the linchpin to keep everything together. The worst, I don't know if there has been a really, really bad move. Even if you include the draft. See, what, what are you going to say? Tanner Muse is is the worst free agent pickup. Okay, fine. That's not a you know, that's not a you know indictment of anything. So it's fine. Whatever. So there you go. Brian Haynes also asks, were you more surprised by the Dotson trade or the Green one? I was more shocked with the Green trade. Kevin Dotson had value. He'd been a starter. He had had a a tenure at the position. He's got a lot of experience. Green has looked like a dumpster fire since he came to the league. So the fact that someone wanted him and that they were able to get a six-round draft pick for him, get out of here. It's incredible. Okay, let's go to Thomas. Thomas says, what is what is it with the Steelers hitting on seventh-round picks? I feel like a seventh-rounder has made the team over the last few years. How common is this? That might be a good question for Dave Schofield, for his stat geek. He might be able to look into how, how common is it that a seventh-round draft pick makes the team. I mean, you think back to some recent ones, Presley Harvin III, Trey Norwood, this year Spencer Anderson. Maybe in recent history, they don't throw away these seventh-round picks. They don't feel that they're just, hey, let's just try and not have to negotiate an undrafted free agent contract. 
I don't know. That's a great question. Dave, you're listening. I know you are. Figure it out, man. That would be a great one. Next from Believers, long time since he's been in the uh, the mailbag segment. Are there any potential release players that you and the other guys have talked about or have their eyes on? Any position is possible, but wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line seems like the positions I can see an upgrade to add or an addition of an experienced player. I think right now the Steelers are probably looking at the waiver wire and saying, let's go with cornerback here. What cornerback out there brings more value than James Pierre? Now you might be sitting here saying, well, James Pierre doesn't bring that much value. Aha, no, he does, just special teams. So if you can have a player that can come on board, has the same amount of special teams value, and on top of the special teams value, can also be a valuable asset in terms of depth at cornerback, then you make that move. Uh, on the offensive line, I think you're looking at center. Can we find a center, like a J.C. Hassenauer type, that can come in, he could play guard if he has to, can play center, can be a guy that can come in and, and, and man the ship, so to speak, if Mason Cole goes down. So center is a little bit more specific. Wide receiver, I think they're fine. I honestly think they're fine. With the tight ends that they have, I think they're fine. I don't think they need a ton of wide receivers. Eric Askew, he said, with the passing of Bob Barker, yeah, rest in peace, Bob Barker. That was sad. 99 years old. I thought of the scene in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> the price is wrong, Bobby. My question for you is, what celebrity, not a stealer, would you want to play with in a pro-am? Uh, so this is easy. If I'm the amateur, I want Fred Couples. Freddie Couples was my dad's favorite golfer growing up. Therefore, I like Fred Couples as well. He seems like a super laid-back, cool guy. I would love to hear some stories about the tour. That's who I would go with if I had to pick someone. And a close second might be like a Phil Mickelson. I think Phil would be so fun and entertaining. You could talk about the live stuff, the gambling stuff. Boy, that would be an entertaining round of golf, wouldn't it? Okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, He also said, what player do you think will make the most impact but hasn't been talked about enough? This is still from Eric. Okay, the most impact but hasn't been talked about enough. I'm going to go with Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward's been talked about, but not as much as like a Darnell Washington, not as much as Zach... My bad, Zach. Zach Gentry got cut. That's awkward. That's really awkward. I'm sorry. Uh, not as much as Pat Fryermuth. Uh, you know, some of the other guys. I think Connor Hayward is going to have a big impact. Not a people are talking about. So there you go. Bagels and bong rips said, how often do players put on the Steelers practice squad during the cut end up coming back as meaningful starters? Yeah, this is something Dave and Dave Schofield and I talked about. Think about players being placed on injured reserve, which could still happen. Last season, two players got put on injured reserve uh, Calvin Austin the third, and so did DeMonte KZ. Then they immediately promoted other players. So it happens more often than you think. I'm not sure if any of the players that were cut uh, on Tuesday will find their way on injured reserve. We'll find out. Uh, but end up becoming coming back as meaningful starters. KZ had a pretty significant role once he made his way back last year. Calvin Austin didn't. It's tough. It's tough. Like if Zach Gentry comes back, is he going to be a meaningful starter? Probably not. Okay, is George Pickens really him? Asked several questions. If you had to choose one division rival to win an upcoming Super Bowl and another one to have two decades of terrible football luck going forward, who wouldn't choose? Who, who would you choose? Okay, is a division rival to win a Super Bowl? Uh, not the Browns because they would just be insufferable. Not the Ravens because I live in Maryland, so I'll have to go with the Bengals if it's a win a Super Bowl. Two decades of terrible football luck? Oh, it's Baltimore. It's Baltimore. Make them suck for 20 years. I would love it. Next from George Pickens, really him. If you could pick a player to reach an elite ceiling, 
Would you rather George Pickens become Nuke De- DeAndre Hopkins 2.0 or Calvin become Calvin Austin III become Tyreek 2.0? Flip side, JPJ becoming Revis 2.0 or Herbig becoming TJ Watt 2.0? Okay, so I would say give me give me Pickens being DeAndre Hopkins 2.0. And on the defensive side, give me JPJ being Revis. That would be that's how could you think of anything better in that regard? You have an unbelievably dominant receiver and a lockdown cornerback, something the Steelers have been missing for so long. That's what I would choose. Last one, the hat trick for George Pickens, really him. Do you think we will fall into the underperforming trap games this year, especially with national media starting to come around? I have a feeling we are going to come out strong out of the gate, winning the first two weeks, then potentially fall to the hapless Raiders or the Texans. I don't know if they're going to fall into this trap game stuff. Everyone always debates this. There's so much that goes into that. You know, it, it, I'm not going to fall into that myself and put myself into a mental pretzel over it. So I'm going to say that I don't think they do. This team is different. It's different from the offense being with Kenny Pickett. It, it's just different all around. So I'm going to say no, that doesn't happen. Let's go to um jackson he asked with the preliminary 53-man roster now announced what other moves do you see the con artists making before week one so obviously i don't think they're going to carry two punters on the roster and there might have been news already but by the time you hear this you might have said well jeff that's already been made maybe it has maybe it has i i can't do these shows like on the minute when this stuff happens so i think they're gonna they're definitely gonna make at least one move I don't know who they're going to, if they're going to bring someone back like a Zach Gentry or if they're going to look on the waiver wire, see who they can get. That's part of the genius of it all. In terms of trades, I don't know what he has up his sleeve. I really don't. It's hard to predict. Let's go to Kit Covington. He says, nearly fall. The old birthday and Christmas are on the horizon. So thinking about my next jersey, he said, I have a 97. That's a Cam Hayward. 84, Antonio Brown, 43, Troy Polamalu, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, James Harrison, Le'Veon Bell. He said, I'm tempted to get Christian Coons so that others mispronounce it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very immature. Uh, but also thinking to get one for a 70s legend. I'm a big fan of Jalen Warren, too. Who should I get? Uh, okay, so I'm, I am the type that I love jerseys that never go bad. And so the other day, you know, my, my son was cleaning out his closet, and he found a jersey, and my daughter comes up, and they, they actually follow the Steelers, but they haven't followed for a long time maybe only the last year or so. And they said, hey, Dad, who's number 50? I said, that's Ryan Shazier. And they said, oh. I said, and that jersey's never going to go bad. And that's the truth. So if you want to go with a 70s legend, there's a million you could choose from. Mean Joe Green, Terry Bradshaw, Swan, Stallworth, Lambert, Ham, you name it. You want something unique, but a jersey that'll never go bad from a more current player, get a 50. Get yourself a Ryan Shazier jersey. That one will never go bad. All right, let's go to Joe Cirillo. If you could add any any former player Steelers, from Steelers history to the 2023 team but had to replace the best player at that position, who would it be? For example, adding Mean Joe would replace Cam Hayward. If that's the case, then I'm going to go with Jack Ham. I'm going to add, I'm going to add Jack Ham, and you could take Quan Alexander, Cole Holcomb, or Landon Roberts, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine with it. I'd take Jack Lambert in that case, too. I think inside linebacker is important if you haven't figured it out. Andre 3000 asks, how did Omar get anything, let alone a six-rounder for green? The dude is playing Madden on easy mode. Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Thank you, Andre. Honestly, 
the thing for me is that, yes, it's amazing that a cut candidate got you a six-round pick. It's impressive. What I hate is that the Steelers spent a third-round pick on the player that was a cut candidate that eventually they got a six-rounder for. That's what I hate. So for me, yes, it's great. No, that wasn't a draft pick under Omar Khan. At least he got something instead of nothing. We'll leave it at that. Riley Kranz said, I have two questions. My first question is how big of a role do you think Glenn Thomas had in the preseason? I saw a lot more passing over the middle of this preseason than I've seen the Steelers do in years now. That's a great question. No one's talking about Glenn Thomas who was brought in to assist with the offense. Maybe he is having some wrinkles sprinkled in there. Great point, Riley. I can't answer that because I'm not in those meetings and I don't know, but that's a great point in and of itself. Next question, he said, my second question is, where is Jeffrey Benedict? So Jeffrey Benedict, in case people are just now coming back to the Steel Curtain Network, formerly behind the Steel Curtain Podcast Network, uh, and they might be wondering, like, where's the cutting room floor on Tuesday mornings? Where's Jeffrey Benedict? Some people have asked about Tony Defio. Where do these people go? Now, Jeffrey and Tony's situations are different. Jeffrey's had to step away from everything. He's not writing He's not podcasting. He's got some family stuff going on, uh, and he had to step away. And I respect his decision. If he ever wants to come back, he has an open-door invitation to return. Tony is still writing for SteelCurtainNetwork.com. You can check out his writing there. He writes several articles a week. He recently wrote an NCAA article about the Pitt-Penn State rivalry, what it should be and what it's not. Uh, He just is not doing podcasts right now based on the fact that his internet connection was a a little spotty. And uh, we're seeing what we can do, but right now he's just on the written side. Doc M finishes up the mailbag this week. Describe the changes in the organization philosophy, organizational philosophy under the Khan regime that is leading to this optimism. How much credit should Tomlin get in this transition? Are there any foundational issues that should be looked closely at for cracks? So let's talk about the first part. What is the organizational philosophy under Khan? I think that the the one underlying philosophy with Omar Khan that has been a breath of fresh air and kind of a welcome to 2023 in terms of the way NFL's uh, teams are run, it's it's simple. It is that he's not willing to wait. I'm not going to hold my breath and hope that Kendrick Green gets better. If I can get a six-rounder for him, I'm going to get it. Oh, Kevin Dotson, kind of disgruntled employee, never really buys in. That's kind of his MO. Well, guess what? There you go. There's the door. You're on you're on your way to LA as they get an improved draft pick the next two years. He's just not he's he just seems like he's a guy that's not about to sit on his hands and hope for the best. And unfortunately, that was kind of the instance. It, there, there were instances of that under Kevin Colbert. I know that he was hamstrung by a franchise quarterback salary cap and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Omar Khan, he knows the numbers. That was his job. How much uh, credit should Tomlin get? I don't know. I don't know how much Tomlin, maybe Tomlin's been given a little bit more of a say in things. Maybe he doesn't have as much of a say in things. I don't know. I'm not there. Talk to my source. Next time I talk to him, I'll see what he says. And then uh, lastly, are there any foundational issues that should be looked at closely for cracks? Not right now. Not right now. Look, they're doing it the way that we've always said we wanted it to be done. They solidified the fronts, defensive and offensive, they can stay healthy. They put the skill positions around. This team looks to be built the right way. The foundation seems strong. I don't see any cracks right now. That can change when the bullets start flying. But ultimately, right now, I think they're good. 
just like the mailbag was great. Thank you all for taking the time to put in those questions. I do appreciate it. Make sure you check me out on Friday. Friday, I'm going to have that guest on. I'm really excited for that. It'll be like a Monday morning, uh, Monday morning conversation-esque uh, show, so make sure you check that out on Friday as there's no football, no Steelers football this weekend, but we're going to give you some stuff to kind of let you digest over those over the weekend. In the meantime, make sure you're checking out SteelCurtainNetwork.com, FansFirstSports.com, and all our podcasts here on the Steel Curtain Network. You know how we finished it up, right? Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Go Steelers.